the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, babies. We are back and ready to go. Chevy, we're coming off the heels of UFC 271. I think we're going to talk about that today, the upcoming fight night. What else we got coming up? We have on February 26th, we're going to talk about UFC fight night. It's going to be Bobby Green now stepping in for Dariush versus Makachev. We'll talk about that. On March 5th, we have UFC 272 Covington versus Masvidal. That's going to be a huge pay-per-view. I'm interested in what kind of numbers that's going to do. March 12th, we have UFC fight night Santos versus Aklanev Magomed. He's Ma- his name is Magomed. Uh, and then March 19th, we have UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Aspinall. All right. That one's going to be in London. Back, uh, they're open again. So, okay. Going overseas, it'll be an early card. I wonder if we'll get some boxing. Maybe Anthony Joshua yeah, headlining some cards. I, I don't know if they're, I mean, yeah, this is at the Otuna Arena. So, so let's, open. before we go ahead, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about UFC 271 before we talk about this main card. I'll just bring up a couple undercard fights and anything else you want to talk about. Andre Arvalovsky continues to defy time. I mean, they're not like, you know, like he's not beating top-ranked guys, world beaters, but he's looking good and at this point does deserve a top fight, I think, with somebody. Casey O'Neill got the job done in Roxanne Monteferi's last fight. Roxanne went out scrappy, but Casey did what she was supposed to do. Other than that, Kyler Phillips got a triangle armbar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything else you want to talk about on this undercard here. No. So that's it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I guess that's about covers it. I know there's a hell of a fight somewhere in here, too. Yeah, there, there was a fight early on where they got blood all over the place. So unfortunately, I missed that one. 
I think it was Douglas Silva, DeAndre Andrade picked up a pin. If we had Carney Asada on here, he would know all about that one. He was in our DMs. He was telling us. Yeah. But, yep, main card, which maybe we'll do two birds in one stone. Let's take this one at a time because we're going to talk a little bit about this guy. Bobby Green defeats Nasrat Hapasat. I always seem to fuck this name up. Sure. Hapcrast. <laughs> Hackparast. Hack, Hack Paras, yes. Hack So Bobby Green looks impressive. As our man Cran was saying, a lot of the shots he was getting was he was really rolling off the shoulder. I heard somebody comment that Bobby Green might be the most efficient fighter at making punchers kind of roll off his sh- shoulder. Regardless, he looked good and he looked a lot quicker. And I thought this oh, was yeah. a big one for him. Yeah, defensively, he was amazing because Nazareth, he's a very good fighter. I, I think this was just a bit too much of a jump for him, but he really got outclassed by Bobby Green. Like you were saying, his defense is amazing. Also, his cardio, because not only is he, you know, rolling all that body movement to dodge those punches, but he's also talking shit the entire time which yeah. doesn't leave a lot of time for breathing. So shout out to Bobby Green. That was an impressive win. I, I thought that was, you know, I mean, he knocked out Al in his last fight, but I think this was even more impressive than that. And, yeah, and he's not, not a, a young man either. He, no. He's in his mid-30s. He looks like he's in his prime. And the Al thing, I think Al just didn't look like he wanted to fight that night too. So That was definitely uh, part of it. Yeah, this guy looked game. So as we mentioned earlier too, when we brought this up, Islam Makachev was supposed to fight Benil Dariush. Dariush is injured, main event. That was kind of being looked at as a number one contender fight. And the winner was going to go on to meet the upcoming Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje world title fight. Now Bobby Green, who John Anik was saying this guy deserves a fight night main event and i thought you know cool we'll see him against a ranked guy well i didn't know we we're gonna go this high and now it's looking like a catchweight fight so me and you were talking a little bit after this now neither one of us think this is probably gonna be this is probably not gonna be bobby's fight it's a short notice against a dominant dominant wrestler but i like to talk about the what if a little bit because you know strange things happen in martial arts and i'm just thinking if bobby green pulls this victory especially if he gets a finish and knocks him out like i feel like he's gonna skip the line i'm not skip the line to get a title shot but he might jump into like a you know a number fight a number one or number two guy like in a main event i think he's gonna jump up in rankings and you know he, he might end up fighting darius or something i i don't know what do you think happens if bobby can pull this off I mean, if he knocks out Makachev, he is on a streak and a roll and he is getting on and he is a great sell. So I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could get a title shot. I don't see that happening just because 155 is a log jam up there and there's so much talent. I don't know what's going on with Poirier. I kind of feel like Poirier's ascended to, you know, a Diaz-Connor level where... He's only going to take big money fights or title fights kind of thing, or he'll just bounce. That might be a good one if he won. I don't think that'll happen, but... Yeah, Bobby, maybe it was Poirier one too. Poirier finished him a while back before Bobby mm-hmm. went on that tear. Yeah, I don't... I guess, too, what's interesting, too, is if you ask me, I don't think Bobby gets this done. I think it's a bad style matchup in the short notice. But if you ask me how Bobby wins this fight, if he wins, I think it's going to be a finish. Like, I think it's going to be something where he catches it. So I guess that's where I think that's the most interesting part, because I think that's also what's going to get people noticed here. I agree with you because I don't see him. He's not going to win on the ground. So he could. It's possible he outclasses Makachev on the feet. But Makachev is an intelligent fighter. And if he starts to lose on the feet, he's just going to go for takedowns. And he's Dagestani out of Khabib's camp, you know, so he's 
basically unstoppable when it comes to takedown. So I think that that's probably what we're going to see. I think you'll see Islam. He has a bit of an ego when it comes to striking, I think. He wants to prove that he can do it, which he can. So I think you'll see him strike with Bobby a little bit. And then the first time he gets touched or he starts missing too much, you're going to see him go for takedowns and smash. I agree. Randy Ozga in the comments. He says, any thoughts on Michael Bisping's commentary? I guess some people didn't like it. I didn't hear about it. I, I like did. Bisping. Okay. Any comments? I thought Bisping was good. I don't know. Did I miss something? People are haters. So they, they were saying that he was too biased for Adesanya in that title fight. Because a lot of people thought that Whitaker won that fight. I didn't see that. I thought mm. it was close, but I thought Izzy definitely did enough to win. Yeah. But people were saying that he was biased, but they're haters. I mean, how much time did he get to prepare for that for that card? Because, you know, Joe was supposed to do that card. Right. And then, you know, for whatever reason, he wasn't there. And Bisping, you know, came in to save the day. And then MMA fans are going to grill him. Yeah, I just, if anybody, too, I just can't see Bisping being biased against Robert Whitaker, too. I think Bisping, at this point, is my favorite commentator. I said this when we were watching the fights, too. I think Anik is the best play-by-play guy. And as far as color guys go, I like Bisping and Felder together you know, more than I like Rogan in DC, just because I, I think for me, it's a, obviously a personal preference, but for me, I, I like the balance between the professionalism, the, you know, the Dominic Cruz-esque professionalism and the DC, you know, laughing and jokingness. Right. you know, it gets to be a little bit too much for me. You know, I, I would like to focus on the fights, but right. He provides, I, I love them all, but I think that's the best balance. Yeah. I agree. Bisping uh, does the best balance of color. Yeah. while still providing some of the technical aspects of the fights. Whereas exactly. DC tends to go a little too into the color commentary, you know, with his humor and personality. There's nothing wrong with that, but in terms right. of preference, right? And then you got Cruz, who seems to be basically just all about the breakdown. Right, X's and O's, yep. Right, whereas Bisping kind of walks that line. Next fight we had was Hanato, uh, Hanato Makano. That one. Oh, no, yes. Uh, he got the victory with a rear naked choke over Alex Hernandez. Impressive performance. I thought he looked really good here, at, and he's been looking really good at lightweight. Maybe if Bobby Green loses, this could be a fight. He ends up taking both very quick. Hanato seems to be more... Uh, I kind of like him in that fight just because his submission game. Yeah, that that might be a good one. I think Bobby desert Hick and will get a higher ranked opponent than Moicano yeah. after this, whether he wins or loses, yeah. just because he's doing the UFC a favor at this point, saving this card. I don't think Moicano's ranked high enough to get that fight, but I think it would be a good fight. Any thoughts on what might be next for him then? For Moicano, is he ranked yet or is he out of the top 15? You know, I'm looking right now. Because like you said before, too, this weight class. So stacked, yeah. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Because, I mean, you got Poirier here. You got Gaethje. Right, he's not getting any of those guys. No, he's not. Well, what's like, you know, the 10 through 5 guys? You know, yeah, so at number, right there. there's two guys ranked number 9. We don't have a 10 guy. One of them is Conor McGregor. <laughs> okay. The other one is Gregor Gillespie. Okay. That, we got Rafael Fazeev. Armin Shakinkan, I do not know his name. I just two of them I don't know. And then there's Brad Riddell and Diego Fiera. Oh, you might, yeah, you might see a Brad Riddell or, or a Fiera. Yeah, I could see a Galepsi too. Yeah, Fiera, definitely. Number eight was Dan Hooker. That might be a little bit out of right, but he, was, yeah. right. he might be going that back down to featherweight though, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're so. staying at featherweight. I don't know. We don't know what's going on with him. Middleweight, 
Jared Kenner versus Derek Brunson. I thought Kenner would pull. We disagreed on this one a bit, but I thought yeah. Jared would get the victory. And I, it's funny though because I say that, but Brunson looked fucking amazing when this thing started. He was doing what he did to everybody. He was shutting them down. He was putting up against the fence like you said he would. He was doing right, and then Kenner just comes out and just hits him like around with a big shot. It's all takes. Just, yeah, starts to put it on him. And he gets it done. Did Derek maybe just empty the gas tank a little too much here? And for Jared Kenner, is he next in line? Yeah, I think that was a contributing factor for sure was he he had gotten a little bit tired because his movement early on was good. And then he had slowed down a little bit and you can't get caught by Kenner because that's what happens. Also, I don't remember who the ref was in that fight, but they definitely didn't stop it fast enough. Brunson took a few elbows or his head was bouncing off the canvas that were unwarranted i thought you know he got i mean i i believe his team actually threw the towel in right as the fight was being stopped so mma teams never stop fights so if they're thrown in the towel you know the ref is taking too long to stop the fight so yeah brunson said he's got one more and then he's done so i'm not sure what that fight's gonna be for him hopefully they give him a favorable matchup his last little run was good i think it's a good time for him to probably hang it up Kananir, i think he's probably gonna get the title shot against izzy called for it dana gave him the thumbs up which means absolutely nothing (laughs) but i think adesanya wants that fight and that's what really matters yeah if he's done i mean maybe a jack or manson or somebody coming off a loss as well Mm. could be a good one for uh brunson i do think jared will get that fight because i don't think there's any other real options here sean strickland is hanging out at number five brunson is four marvin Vittori is three whitaker at one so when you look at uh, sonya's kind of beating everybody here but kenner and strickland in that top five mm-hmm. and jared outranking them coming off the professional performance i feel like you have to go with that right now But, man, that makes me think Sean Strickland's kind of hanging out there a little bit, too. Yeah, you could see a a Strickland, maybe a Brunson Strickland. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? I wouldn't want to make that fight, though, if Brunson's potentially getting out. Then you just take out one of your contenders, too. Yeah, maybe a Brunson versus Darren Till when Darren Till comes back. Yep. I don't know if he has a fight lined up, but. I think think Brunson actually beat Till in one of his last performances. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, his recent run. Yeah, yeah. So when he was smashing people, Brunson, that was one of them was Till. So, yeah, probably wouldn't be Darren. Maybe Marvin. Marvin Vittori. Yeah. Marvin, yeah. Probably got to work his way back up. He'll probably got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. A, a definition. Someone has to have a definitive win to make a claim for the next title shot after Cannoneers. Absolutely. Heavyweights, man. <laughs> Ty Tuavasa, Derek Lewis. We were pulling for Ty, not because we love some Derek Lewis, but we said, man, it'd be nice to see Ty potentially maybe slip into a heavyweight championship competition and boy he did just that and he took some shots in the beginning had some good clinch work and then yeah man those right hands a big elbow Woo! i was impressed with this performance that got me out of the out of my chair up screaming yeah Yeah. i I was i thought for sure he was done when he was bent over with his head next to the cage and Derek was just uppercutting him over and over i mean for him to take those shots and not go out is amazing because we've never seen anyone take shots like that from Derek lewis he's just such a likable guy ty he's the most charismatic heavyweight we have for sure i'd love to see him go on i don't know if he has all the technical skills you know, to be a heavyweight champion, to beat a Francis or a Cyril Gaon. I think he's going to get an opportunity at one of them sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I think he has the toughness. 
and uh, the the willingness to swing and bang, as he says. <laughs> I just want to see what his next walkout song is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, number three, and the two guys ahead of him are Sirogon and Stipe Miocic. God, if Francis is gone, wouldn't it be something Stipe and Ty for the vacant heavyweight title? It is a possibility. Yeah, and- I think that one be a tough matchup for Ty just because of the, the technical ability. I agree completely, but I will say this. When you're looking at these guys with Cyril gone and everything like that too, Stipe, because of the long layoff and having been hit, you know, coming off that knockout. And he's older. This, this might be the one you want. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're, not, you're not getting any gimmies at this point. And right, right behind you was Curtis Blades, who will love the ragdoll. Well, you don't want, you, yeah, you don't want that one either. Yeah, so I don't know. Stipe, bigger name, and with the time off, might be the guy you might lean towards there. But either way, he's probably going to be the underdog, and it's an uphill battle. But congrats in the meantime, and man, I'm enjoying this ride right now with Tai Tuivasa for sure. And then we had the main event: Style Bender versus Whitaker. Technical fight. I think we were right. I think uh, Whitaker did end up using his wrestling a little more, made it more competitive. But I think in the early on, around one, Stylebender hurt that leg a little bit. And I think that was the difference really in the fight. I don't think Whitaker was able to execute his game plan as much as he would have liked to. I think I even heard his coach say one of the things they wish they thought he would have gone for broke a little bit more. I thought he was a little. Uh... conservative but if he thought he was winning the fight it makes sense why you know if his team thought he needed to go for broke more i didn't hear them saying that in the corner you know in between rounds he did use his wrestling a little bit more but he wasn't really able to hold style bender down and do any damage whenever he did take him down i mean he took him down in the middle of the cage style bender got up and whitaker got on his back and was close to uh locking in a rear naked choke but ended up getting scraped off i think that was more a show of style bender's defensive grappling than it was of whitaker's wrestling yeah i agree and i think what do you think before we get to this week's card what about the potential matchup of style bender and karen jared kenner i think at the end of the day style bender's just going to be the favorite over anybody do you think jared kenner presents any problems i feel like the thing with jerry kenner is he's got some big shots but style bender is such a world-class striker i don't know i i don't like the matchup actually for jared kenner i think style bender's just i think he's got him stylistically almost every area right kenner's never faced anyone like adesanya but yeah. adesanya has seen a hundred cannoneers you know yeah he is very good but he's a power puncher. Adesanya's been fighting those for, you know, 12 years or however long he's been a kickboxer or whatever. Yeah. So he needs to avoid the big shot, which he is willing to put on boring fights, he says. And he's the best at range, I feel like. He's the most technical. Now, if he gets in some of those exchanges that he got with Whitaker, where he let Whitaker come in, and then, you know, they were in the phone booth and they're swinging at each other. If he gets hit by one of Cannoneers in that range, he'll be in trouble. But I think he'll just do a much better job at keeping him away. Doesn't really have to worry about the takedowns i agree randy asking us will we be at the bellator fights this weekend i would say not looking good at this point we're more friday shows too i know bellator always says friday shows that seems to work a little better mm-hmm. but yeah man what about uh this ufc card this weekend uh, i'll let you lead the way do a little research tell me about some of the fights you're looking forward to so i looked at the prelim fights and i didn't see anything that was particularly exciting jessica rose clark is fighting and that was the only thing that kind of stood out to me but the main card looks pretty good Starts off with Joaquin Buckley, 
versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. So Buckley is the guy who had that 2020 spinning back kick knockout. Yeah. He's gone two and one since then. And Al Hassan has gone one and three in his last four, but he has knocked out Nico Price. So it could be a, a good fight, but I would go with Buckley on that one personally uh yeah and i mean looking at buckley he's had like three performances of the nights too this guy loves to be exciting so i think if you're the ufc you want to keep this buckley guy going and he has that player for excitement they like and he's the kind of guy you want on these cards so uh yeah i'll i'll pick buckley as well and uh hopefully he gets it done yeah hopefully by like you said by a finish an exciting finish yes um, and then we got Jim Miller, the legend, versus uh, Nicholas Mata. So we all know Jim Miller. He's two and three in his last five, but his losses have all been decisions. He hasn't been getting finished. You know, he's you know almost forty. He's thirty nine. Thirty nine. He might be forty. I don't know. But uh, Mata is twelve and three. But I believe this is his first fight in the UFC. He just got signed from the Contender Series. Okay. I'm going to go with Jim Miller via decision because I don't think this guy's fought any UFC caliber fighters, obviously. And Jim Miller is a legend. And even though he is an old man at this point, he still can get it done. I think he's going to gonna show this, this young guy what's up in the UFC. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at him now. He's got a three-fight win streak going into this, but he has not had that big fight competition. I think you're right. Miller gets it done. I think decision is the way to go because um, at the end of the day, Miller just has that UFC experience. And I think unless this guy surprises us, um, you know, Miller is uh, he's just got that experience. Right. I'm not sure what uh, Nicholas's gas tank is like, but if he gets tired, I bet you he gets choked out or submitted by by Jim Miller also. So. Yeah, um, that could also happen. But next fight, we have Parker Porter versus Alan Badeau. So Porter, he fights out of Hartford, Connecticut. So we all like him. Yeah, uh, it's a heavyweight fight. Um, so Parker's eleven and six. He's been two and one since he got to the UFC, but his one loss is to Chris Dawkins. So um, that's not really a knock. At heavyweight, especially to lose to someone like Dawkins, he was knocking everyone out before he got stopped by Black Beast. So, Bado, he's eight and two. He's 0 and 1 in the UFC. He has a KO loss to Tom Aspinall. Yep. Um, but he also has a no contest. He got knocked out in that fight too, but then his opponent popped for steroids gotcha. afterwards. So, really, he's been knocked out in his two UFC fights so far. So, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Parker Porter via TKO. Probably second round. Yeah, heavyweights. Right. So, um, and this guy's been finished twice. Yeah. All right. That sounds uh, good to me. And I just agree with you. But uh, yeah, Parker Porter gets it done. TKO. I guess round two. I'll go. Mm -hmm. And next, we're going to have Kyle Dawkins, younger brother to Chris Dawkins. He's fighting Jamie Pickett. So Kyle Dawkins, he's a submission wizard. Unlike his brother, who's the knockout artist, he he's the jujitsu guy. So he's ten and two, but he hasn't gotten the warmest welcome to the UFC. He has losses to Brendan Allen and Phil Dawes, which are both really tough guys. Yeah. But his last fight ended in a no contest. It was that accidental 
head collision of heads, whatever they're calling it now, with Kevin Holland. A fight he was looking like he was going to win, but yeah. it was the clash of heads. Yeah, yeah he, he he was looking good, but it was an accidental clash of heads, so it ended up being a no contest. Pickett, he's gone two and two since he got signed from the Contender Series. He lost his first shot on the Contender Series to Puna Punahele Soriano. Yeah. So he won his his second attempt on the series, and he's gone two and two cents. I'm gonna go with Kyle Dawkins. I think he gets it done in a submission. I think this is the best you're going to see of him so far. I'm gonna say early too, before they start getting too sweaty. I'm gonna say round one submission. Okay, I'm gonna agree with you because I think his back's against the wall here. I think he didn't get the job done the last time, and he was close to it. And Pickett has uh, he is on a two fight win streak, and I don't know if he desperately needs to win as much as Kyle does. Mm-hmm. And I do think quality Kyle is a quality fighter. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go with Kyle and looking at how he was looking at that fight with Kevin Holland. Yeah. I'll say he gets it done. I'll say, yeah, I'll go round one. You got me. I'm agreeing mm-hmm. with everything you're saying so far, buddy. <laughs> All right. So then our, our new main event is going to be Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. So Walker has been one in three in his last four. He did the worm and blew out his shoulder, and that basically has ruined him. He's still a fun guy to watch, but he's not the world beater that he was looking like before. Also, I think he's just gotten a bit of a step up in competition. Right. So Hill is 9-1 and one total, and he's 2-1 and one in his last three. In the UFC, he's beaten OSP and Jimmy Crute, so those are two very tough guys. And his one loss was to Paul Craig, and they talked a bunch of shit to each other beforehand. They were getting in each other's faces at the weigh-ins, as Craig does with everyone, with his, you know, Braveheart war paint on. Craig broke his arm in the, in a submission, and Hill didn't tap, and ended up his, his arm was flopping in the triangle, and he ended up just getting TKO'd. I don't know why the ref didn't stop it, but I remember watching his arm bounce when we were watching the fight, and it was super oh, yeah. gross. But he's a tough guy, and he no- he's knocked out Jimmy Crute since then. I think that you're going to see Jamal Hill's going to put on a show, and he's going to catch Johnny Walker with something. I won't say first round because Johnny's explosive, and he-, he has been playing a little bit safer and not just going for broke so early on. So I, I think... I'm going to say third round, you're going to see Walker get tired and Hill's going to TKO him. Okay. Let's think about, too, about Walker. He was lighting people up his first few fights. I think everybody was, like, under a minute or maybe a minute. And then he ran into Corey Anderson, and Corey Anderson stopped him with a bad knockout. Mm-hmm. And then Nikita Kropp, him decision. Like, here's the thing. He lost his last fight, Tiago Santos. He won one in between there with Ryan Spann. But if you watch that fight, I'm pretty sure Spann was whooping his ass and knocking him around. And was That's right. Him. And then Walker came back and caught him and got the win. So good on him. But, like, even that one win was super, you know, like it, he almost lost. It wasn't the so, best performance, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jamal Hill here as well. I've been sticking around with round two performances all day on this card. So uh, I'll say, yeah, TKO. Round two, Walker gasses out by then, probably after trying a bunch of crazy shit in round one, and Jamal Hill gets it done. That'll be it yeah, for this card. After that, it'll be Makachev and Green the following week, so we'll see how that all plays out with our what-if scenarios. Should be a fun card this weekend. I think that main event, this card took a definitely a, a hefty beat in. You know, it's interesting. I was just looking at, like, after Makachev Green is Covington, Mazadal. It's a great card, and I'm excited for with the fights, but... 
Man, it's going to be probably April until we see a UFC title actually defended, huh? Yeah, because they don't do them basically on fight nights. It needs to be a pay-per-view for it to be a title fight. Yeah, I didn't think about that. April 9th, yeah. And then we'll get two title shots, Sterling and Jan and Volkanovski and Korean Zombie now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking forward to this weekend. Last weekend, though, was, I thought, a great night of fights. Very entertaining. We'll keep an eye out and probably get some interviews for you guys soon, too. We're talking about in the next few weeks. And as always, it's anything you want to add? I'll just give the uh, schedule again. Yes. So we on the 26th, we have fight night. We talked about Bobby Green versus Makachev now. March 5th, UFC 272 Covington versus Masvidal. Then March 12th, UFC Fight Night Santos versus Aklanev. Magomed versus Magomed. March 19th, UFC Volkov. UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Ospinal. Magomed on Magomed violence. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks, that's going to be it. We appreciate all the love and support, and we'll keep this combat cast rolling. Until next time, see you at the fights. Thanks for joining in, guys. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 